There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Tampa Ranch, Michael We still don't know who pulled the trigger. everyone and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, 27-year veteran of the NYPD, retired out of Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And with me today, retired NYPD detective and straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How you doing today, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? You know, I'm doing well. Uh, I've been monitoring this case and um, there's no smoking gun information yet there is some pretty good information that came up in uh one of the press conferences and we whenever you have a big investigation like this as investigators you have to take a direction that doesn't mean you go totally in one direction and you disregard everything else but you have to go with where the evidence is taking you and that's so so important and it's also not a good idea probably to tell the public that you don't have much. Uh, that sort of makes people sort of get a little lackadaisical themselves and maybe not want to call in leads or call in tips. So it's always good to keep that energetic uh, state of mind with an investigation, especially when speaking to the public and to the press. You want to make sure that they have confidence in your ability as an investigator and all the people that are working in this case. And we'll get into a little later on what the direction is now and some of the different directions it's been in, in the seven-day life going on, eight-day life of this case. Billy, not having access to the case folder, I'm very interested to see the latest developments that you're talking about. Of course, there was some information regarding the ping of the phone and stuff like that. So, but uh, again... I know that uh, you already laid it out. Uh, we want to appeal to the media. We want to appeal to the public to give us information, especially when it's you know more than a week now that this young lady is missing. And uh, it doesn't seem like there was a very clear direction. They didn't name any persons of interest or any suspects or anything like that. And they kind of labeled it as a possible abduction in the early stages of this thing. They seem to have backed off a little on that. And I think that you and I both agreed that you know, we're thinking maybe it could have been a situation where it might be an accident and the car is secreted, whether it be in water or brush or whatever it is. And listen, let's just hope that this young lady is found alive. There's still a chance that she could be alive. So let's keep You know, Phil, I, I, I think it was a mistake uh, without concrete evidence and surefire evidence that there was an abduction to even say that because it makes people think that it just takes the, again, takes the investigation in a direction maybe that you don't want it to go, you know? And I think that you got it. When they talk about keeping things close to the vest, and we talk, we use that expression all the time, that's why you do that. You don't want the public, you don't want the press giving up on you or the press uh, not having faith in the police department and the investigators working in this case. There was over 215 people searching today. Um, one of the things I called up the hotline today, and I hope that someone 
from the, the police department there, uh, the uh, county sheriff's office. It's, I think it's Placer County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, the Placer right. County Sheriff's Office. I hope they're listening. I called them up and I said, you know something? I think you should call Texas Equus. And they are aligned with Midwest Equus. They're a fantastic organization. They have drones. They have equipment. They have sonar equipment. Divers aren't going to do as great a job, uh, as great as they are, as sonar. You and When someone or a vehicle is submerged in water, you could use sonar, and that will help tremendously. JPL, J. The Stelladoro, I like that. Thank you for bringing reality to some cases, especially coming from law enforcement experience. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. The $10, the, the $10 super chat. But yes, so I left a message uh, on their on their hotline. I hope they give me a call back. I I have an open line um, to uh, Midwest Equus, um, uh, and we, uh, Phil and I Phil and I are actually honorary members of Equus Search. Uh, Dave Rader is a good friend of ours, and he's the open line we have into uh, Midwest Equus, and through him, um, Texas Equus, and. They Equus Search will not come onto a police scene unless they're requested by the police department who's in charge. So they're not looking for kudos. They're not looking to say, we're here. They're not looking to do that. They're looking to assist law enforcement. They give them a call, and I'm sure they would show up in a case like this. Billy, two points I want to make. One, you talked about messaging uh, basically in the – early part of your last statement. And that's so important in any case. I mean, you get out there, you put your best foot forward and they may have categorized it as a possible abduction early on. And what I think that could do, uh, if it's not, if it doesn't turn out to be that, that could stop people from maybe taking a second look at something or looking, keeping an eye out. So again, I think the way to handle a situation like this, and I'm not trying to Monday morning quarterback or criticize anybody in this uh, law enforcement agency, place county sheriff's office. However, they should have just put it out there. She's missing. We don't know her whereabouts and maybe left it open, open door could be an abduction or let a reporter ask you think it's abduction. Listen, anything's possible. Do you think she could be missing that she uh, could have driven into a, an area and, and had an accident? Anything's possible. Keep everything on the table until you know for sure. One, you know, listen, as the inside track of the investigation, uh, they'll know what direction the thing is going in. So sometimes the messaging is so, so important in that regard. And with regard to Midwest Texas Exo Search and, and Texas Equo Search, uh, they've demonstrated themselves to be a really professional volunteer group of people that do some great work. They've had uh, over 300 recoveries of remains and and uh, some people return safely. So it's a great organization. Yeah, I strongly suggest for the place the county sheriff's office, if they didn't uh, have any sonar equipment, get a hold of the Texas EquiSearch and uh, they can provide that stuff. And they're a great group and they're all volunteers. So it's not going to cost anybody anything. Uh, just a, a real good group of people. Pauline Buckles, um, yes, they have released the license plate number. Uh, JPL, uh, J. The Stelladoro, the ground, air, and water searches have been extensive. One sheriff said this is the biggest search he's seen. Bless these men and women out there. No sleep. Family just worn out. You know, rescuers are a different breed. They're amazing, and they're singularly focused on finding this lost girl, and God bless them, and... Uh, May they have the energy to keep going because this is really uh, 
you know, this is hitting the eighth. Tomorrow will be the eighth day. Let me just play this here. With a developing story in the news on the search for missing trucky teen Kylie Rodney tonight, investigators confirming to Fox 40 new details on where search efforts are now centered a week after she vanished. Thanks for joining us for Fox 40 News at 11. I'm Eric Rucker. Fox 40's Rowena Shaddix has been in Truckee all day, and she brings us those latest developments tonight. Well, it's been exactly one week ago today that 16-year-old Kylie Rodney went missing. The search continued today on land and in the water with several regional dive teams, including this one from Washoe County. Divers set out early this morning searching in the waters of Prosser Lake. Nevada County Sheriff's Captain Sam Brown verifying new information for Fox 40. Angela, can you or the officers behind you confirm that her phone, Kylie's phone, the last ping was near the water? Yeah, the, the ping for the data points and everything were near the water. Uh, it's hard to tell an exact pinpoint or anything like that, but uh, just as much on land as it was on water. Now, Phil, you're more of an expert on this, on that than I am. He said the pings were near the water. So the cell phone pinging, which would have been at about 1230, uh, maybe 1 a.m. on that Saturday, almost a week ago. Um, how close could it pinpoint to the water, actually, because isn't it coming from a cell tower, the closest cell tower, right? Okay, here's how it works. Basically, if a person is on their cell phone, either getting a message or uh, receiving a message or transmitting a message or transmitting a call. So at the exact moment, if they're on the phone, it gives almost within feet of the exact location. However, if it's just pinging, meaning the cell phone is just turned on, it gives a general area. It could be as little as 10 or 15 yards. It could be as distant as a half a mile. So again, if they're saying it was near the body of water, like I said, it could be yards away. The cell phone is pinging. It sounds more and more, Bill, and you or I really have come to the conclusion we feel that this might be some type of an accident. Now it's it's sounding even more that way. Uh, you know, the car goes could go into the water. Uh, you know, maybe it floated further into the uh, into the lake there, and it's down at the bottom. And obviously, you could look at the water right there. Uh, it's not that clear. It's kind of murky. So they're going to need sonar equipment for sure, and divers if they feel that the last place that that. Uh, that that phone was pinging. Now, again, it could be that she was taken hostage. They put the phone in the car and they drove the car into the water. So we don't know yet. You know, there's still, I think, uh, not enough information out there to say 100% that it, they believe it's this, but, uh, you know, it, it sounds like the phone last location was near the water. So I think it's very, very prudent to search that area of water. They said and parts of this lake is 55 feet deep. So that certainly is maybe a little deeper than maybe most of these divers are used to going. And I'm not, I'm not talking from expertise about scuba diving. Believe me, I have none. But murky water, that depth, I think that maybe it's really important to have sonar equipment to be able to spot, uh, you know, a, a big thing like a car.
Yeah, 55 feet, Bill, that's kind of deep for, uh, you, you know, your average scuba team, uh, whether it be an emergency response or even local scuba divers, because uh, as you go deeper, nitrogen builds up. There's different things that take place. So when you go down, you have to do it gradually. When you come up, you have to come up gradually. That's a deep dive, especially in a lake like this. That would be quite dangerous. So I don't know if they're going to be going that deep into it. Like you just said, probably sonar is the best way to go. And then they have a different type of diving apparatus. It's the, the diving apparatus where there's like a big giant helmet on the person's head and it's a different suit uh, with weight. You know, they have weights in, the, in their feet, feet and stuff like that. So it might be a different set of circumstances if they have to go into the deep part of the lake. You know, I remember in the East River and I wasn't there, but um, Scuba, the Scuba team with Harbor went to search for a gun from a, from a murder that we had. And I was like, how the hell are they going to find it? There's like two feet visibility. And sure enough, they found the gun. It was just like, that's where he threw it. You know, like the guy threw it in the water and they yeah. dove and they found the gun. I was like shocked. I was like, holy, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I've, I've had scuba do some searches for us in the past. And uh, in the Coney Island uh, area where I worked, we had the ocean on one side, we had the bay on the other. The bay was notorious for, you know, the, the divers would go down and say, I couldn't see six inches in front of my face. That's how bad it was. So again, very, very hard to recover a gun. But when they say they threw it in a direction, usually, uh, of course, it's a gun. It'll sink right where they, where they think it went in. So it's not that vast of an area. Sometimes you could get lucky. JPL Stelladoro, you have the facts. I believe that you were on the scene. They have the most elaborate sonar system. Well, thank you for the, uh, giving us that update. Absolutely. I hope so. A member of the dive team tells Fox 40 they searched in the areas where Kylie and her vehicle could possibly be. 57 feet is its deepest point. So far, feet. they found nothing. A diving operation like that is, is really almost like you're going into the water blind and they're basically searching with hands. There were 226 searchers out, including these volunteers from Contra Costa County. The area has been walked, driven, flown, um, grid searched. They're, they're getting into tighter grid searching to, you know, at this point we're, we're looking for small and anything evidence wise as opposed to uh, cars, people, things of that nature, even phones. We're, we're trying to make it even tighter. With 9,000 hours of investigative work and more than 1,000 leads, we've asked how long the level of searching can continue. As long as tips are, are coming in, we're going to continue that effort. And we'll continue that effort as long as we can. In Nevada County, Rowena Shaddix, Fox 40 News. And we've been So, folks, you know... It's even though they they have now this investigative direction that the possibility exists that the vehicle went into the water. You don't give up the other directions. Of course. You keep going and interviewing everyone possible. You keep going as if you don't know that this is what happened because they don't know until they have definitive information. Oh, this car went into the water. They keep they keep going the way they were going with this investigation and don't become you know, just tunnel vision to one direction. Absolutely, Billy. That's not a good thing to get into. If you get into tunnel vision, you could be uh, allowing some situation to really grow worse. Uh, in this situation, the posture seems ha to have changed by law enforcement that's working on a case. Looks like they're doing a big search in that area based on the cell phone technology. However, I doubt very highly that they're 
not taking care of other things that would be uh, follow, other steps that would be followed in this investigation. Uh, example given, uh, interviewing the people at the party, trying to narrow down who may have seen her leave. You know, you may have a person at that party that said, yes, I saw her get in the car. She was stumbling. She may have been intoxicated. And I saw her get in the car. Was she alone? Yes, she was alone. Or you're going to get somebody that might say she was with someone. And then that opens a different uh, door, you know, into the investigation because we don't think that anybody else is missing as well, you know? So uh, all of those things need to be followed up. Uh, again, social media on of horrors to see what her state of mind was that day, where she was going, what her plans were. She might have had plans to go meet somebody or to do something different. Uh, all of that really, really needs to be followed up. However, it does seem pretty strong. I'm not going to make the statement 100%, but it sounds pretty strong that they're uh, narrowing the search to that area by the water where the phone was last pinging. I just want to bring this up. This is the boyfriend and her girlfriend, and they've been all over social media. You know, sometimes when people get a taste of the camera, uh, you know, even if they have nothing useful to say, which I, I don't know if the girl on the right, I believe her name's Sammy Smith. I don't think she has a hell of a lot to say, to tell you the truth. I've listened to some of her. And, you know, people get, like, intoxicated to want to be on uh, want to be on TV, want to be on the air, want to be on a podcast. Let me just play a little bit of what they had to say. I wanted to look around for myself because I haven't been here yet. It is an interview you will only see here on Fox 40 News, the boyfriend of missing teen Kylie Roden launching uh, his own search for her and telling us about the last time he and her friends saw her. Thanks for joining us for Fox 40 News at 5. I'm Nikki Lorenzo. And I'm Eric Harriman. Fox 40 has live team coverage in the search for Kylie. Eric Rucker is in Truckee for us this evening as a massive team of law enforcement and community members spend a fifth day trying to find her. We're going to start with Fox 40's Arena Shaddix, who's joining us now live near Reno. And Roe, you spoke with, exclusively with Kylie's close friend and her boyfriend who are checking some of the locations where she spent some time. What do they have to say? Well, Nikki and Eric, I'm standing at a location above Reno. Take a look behind me. It is absolutely gorgeous here. This is a place where Kylie and her boyfriend Jagger spent many hours together. He and a close friend described her as a very smart young woman, a tough girl, and they are confident she is still alive. It's been five days since Kylie's boyfriend, Jagger Westfall, has heard from her. He says they exchanged text messages before she left for a senior farewell party at the Prosser family campground, the last place anyone so far has reported seeing her. And so I was just like, okay, be safe. Don't, like, do anything stupid. He says he complained about his day and she listened. At 10.30, she responded to what I was saying and just said, oh, I'm sorry that you're going through that. And that was last night. Kylie's close friend Kate Kuno says they spent the afternoon together on Friday, just hours before she disappeared. The day of the party, I hung out with her. We made creme brulee. She was, I mean, everything's normal. I don't think she ran later. I mean, I would have noticed if something was slightly off. While law enforcement, including the FBI, continue their search in and around the Prosser campground and reservoir, Jagger, Kate, and another friend went to Reno to search for themselves for Kylie. Only Fox 40 News was invited to go along. Kate says they were in Reno the day before the party. And Reno is a place Jagger and Kylie could go for some alone time. We followed them to a location in the hills where Jagger and Kylie spent some time in the past. 
I definitely feel like that in this current situation that she's safe. I don't know where she is. We don't have anything to go off of at this point, but I fully believe that she's alive and well. And I fully believe that the two of us, three of us, or other people are going to bring her home safe. Now, Jagger, again, would like people to come forward who were there that night that may have any information that can really help in this investigation with law enforcement. He says they can stay anonymous. We will see have much more for you later on tonight on this story. Reporting live in Reno, Rowena Shaddix, Fox 40 News. See, I, I don't know if a lot of the information that they give that is unverified here he's claiming she he, she's safe. I mean, that was, first of all, this is a little dated. I think this was on the 10th, so this is four days old. But he had no information, no verifiable info. He's making stuff up, and so is she. And it's like a lot of you folks in the chat say, oh, I feel like Sammy knows something that she knows. Well, well, you know something? They're interviewed by professional investigators. If they feel that way, they're going to get it out of them in an interview. Believe me, most kids, 16, 17, 18 years old, they cannot withstand the interrogation of a seasoned detective, and the detective will get the truth out of them. We don't know what the truth is yet, though. We really don't. Uh, right now, and as I said, we, you always have to keep an open mind. Don't get tunnel vision. But right now, there's a good possibility that this vehicle went into the water. There is a very good possibility of that. So, you know, of course, as I said, we don't close any doors. We keep the investigation open. Bill, you're making a great point about the fact that uh, you got two 16-year-old kids there uh, making statements like that. Now, I don't know if law enforcement said, listen, you know, uh, they've eliminated them as being, you know, involved in anything nefarious. You can go out, you can make statements, or they told them to keep quiet, whatever it is it is. But you made a really great point that, you know, you put a 16-year-old kid in that inter interview room inside a precinct detective squad or a precinct squad room in the box, as we say, and the door closes and you have two seasoned investigators that start asking you questions. Most of the time, you're going to get the truth out of them. I would say probably 99% of the time, you're going to get the truth out of them, truth out of them unless you have a hardened criminal 16-year-old and uh, that you know, quite possibly could be, but I don't think that these two showed themselves to be uh, hardened criminals. I think once they got in that room, they'd probably, uh, you know, elicit the truth uh, to the detectives. So, uh, yeah, I, I think at this point, from the posture that I'm seeing, it sounds like they're leaning towards uh, the fact that she may have gone into the water with the vehicle. They're doing that extensive search. And again, 57 feet down, if the car fills up with water, it is going to sink. Uh, it could be on the bottom of that lake. And, uh, Again, we don't know if she's inside of it, but uh, that's kind of where it seems like it's going. Uh, May, hi, Bill. How much evidence would they need to get cell phones from a party? You can't just take someone's cell phone from them. You need a search warrant. If you ask someone to see their cell phone and you could take, they'd say no. You got a search warrant? I mean, you know, this is America after all. Someone can just come up to you and say, give me that cell phone. I want to search it. Right. You have to go to a judge. You have to establish probable cause and the judge has to sign the warrant that's it's just like an arrest warrant it's the same thing
Well, you just made the point right there. You have to establish probable cause. So now if I'm interviewing a kid that was at the party and people are saying, well, he did this or that before he had drugs, this, that, and I ask him to see his cell phone. He tells me, no, now I'm going to try and get a warrant through the district attorney's office to get his cell phone, to get his cell phone information. And I may or may not be successful. If I can articulate enough probable cause, you know, he had a scratch on his face or different things like that. Then you could uh, work with that uh, type of information and get that uh, cell phone records. JPL, the, the Stella Doro. I love that. <laughs> I am uncomfortable that Jagger was Sammy's ex-boyfriend. Sammy and Kylie are not even friends on social media. This triangle is suspect to me. Well, you know, sometimes things in life, the strangest things are uh, turn out later on not to be strange, you know, and it can seem strange to us now, but uh, I always live by that expression truth is stranger than fiction you know and i i think i've seen that a lot in my uh, police career indian paintbrush yes i think it's a great possibility she drove into the water it's just the kid's behavior is sketchy in my opinion yeah and it, you know he's what is he 16 17 years old what's 16 or 17 year old that's clearly a partier he's a partier right his behavior is not sketchy i i think that uh most of them have sketchy behavior. You know, 16-year-olds in this day and age, uh, they live for that social media moment where something goes viral. So this is playing out in a way where now they're getting almost a social media viral uh, vibe from the television cameras. So that's why I think it's going on here. They're taking advantage of getting their face out there. Oh, I was on the 6 o'clock news, whatever it is. And again, they're all over social media and stuff like that. And they're probably taking that interview and uh, reposting it on their social media sites. And that's probably what it's got a lot to do with. Uh, every kid today at that age category, it's all about social media and going viral. Iris Hewlett, uh, good question. Wasn't there a ping on a cell phone at last ping? Uh, picked up near the lake, reported yesterday. Yeah, I, I question also, though, why did it take seven or eight days for them to get that information back? That sounds like a pretty long time, Phil. What do you think? You know what? It does. But again, you know, you have to, you, you, the cell phone companies are not going to give out the information so easily. Now, if you have a situation where you go to them and you say, look, uh, we think that this kid is in grave danger, a kidnapping, something like that. They'll usually give it and and wait for the uh, subpoena to come in. But when you have a situation where the kid was at a party and the kid may have left the party and we don't know the whereabouts of the kid, they're going to be saying, listen, uh, get us the subpoena. We'll be working on it. So it might take a couple of days. It does seem long, though. It does, Billy. In this situation, uh, you know, you had the FBI involved. You had law enforcement involved right from the beginning. I think they could have pressed and got this quicker. Maybe they just released it yesterday. Maybe yeah. uh, that was the fact. But uh, they have could have gotten it much quicker. Fremont Pathfinder, what, what you're referring to, I thought they could take a phone if someone is in an immediate danger. What you're f referring to is an exception to a search warrant, which is the emergency exception. And you can go to a judge if you clearly have. An, but if you go to the judge with a bunch of, oh, this is an emergency, like, get away from me. That's a real, has to be very specific, has to be an immediate emergency, or no judge is going to sign that. That's the law, uh, Fremont Pathfinder, but good point. 
Yes, that is a good point. And you do have that emergency exception in kidnappings and things like that. That's when that would be enlisted where you'd go to a judge and say, look, we know the whereabouts. We need this search warrant. We, we have great reason to think that this kid is in danger, could be inside of this residence. And they, they'll go, you know, and to be honest with you, whether the judge signs it or not, if they really believe it, they're kicking that door in and they're going to get that kid back. That's how I would be. I'm sure, Bill, you'd be the same way. But uh, there is uh, that emergency exception. For sure. I want to play a little bit of this. The um, There's been a lot of cooperation in this. There's been a lot of community on this case. There's been a lot of people showing up because she was a um, she was a musician. And uh, let me play this. A community is coming together as it continues the search for a teen who went missing in Truckee a week ago. As search parties continue to look for Kylie Rodney, a concert was held thanking volunteers for their efforts and asking them to remain hopeful. Thank you for joining us at six. I'm Kristen Samos. Last Friday night, Kylie Rodney attended a party at a campground in Truckee and hasn't been seen since. Here's a picture of the teen. Sheriff's investigators say today more than 200 volunteers helped look for her. Several dive teams search Prosser Lake. They tell us the last ping on her phone was near that lake. The search efforts will continue tomorrow. KCRA3's Michelle Bander is at the command center in Truckee. Michelle, what are people saying today? Kristen, the word we keep hearing today is hope. Hope that they find Kylie Rodney soon. And here at the command center, this is where law enforcement family searchers have been gathering this past week, focusing on where they should, should search for Kylie. And today though, their focus was somewhere else in a different setting. They wanted to focus on Kylie's love of music. Country for Kylie is about hope. It is about community. It is about keeping our spirits high. The community of Truckee needs this day in the park after seven days of no sign of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney. And they say a song is, is twice as loud as a prayer. A day of love, music, and hope for the girl who fills her life with music. It's not just people coming together to have a party. It's because we are connected to her musically, and we're playing her songs, and we are playing things that we hope she can hear so she knows that we're going to find her soon. When people think of Kylie, they see her playing the guitar with her grandfather or one of the other instruments she's mastered. She was always singing, singing in the car, singing all the time, singing everything. Um, I know she liked to play the guitar a lot. She knew a lot of a lot of instruments. Jenny Charles was Kylie's first music teacher when she was only two. She was the youngest student I took on because of her de determination and just the light and how much she enjoyed playing music. As law enforcement focuses on the 1,000 tips they received and searchers combing the area, a day of music gives everyone hope they'll see Kylie again. We feel like hopefully this will just help draw her here, know at least from wherever she is that we're here and we're helping her look for her and you know that our community is all here. Don't forget like the words of Kylie's father says, she's your girl too. She is your girl, born and raised. Kylie Rodney. 
And law enforcement says they just need that one solid tip that will lead them to Kylie or her car. Searchers will regroup in the morning to figure out if they should scale down the operation or where they should start searching next. Now, remember, there is a $50,000 reward out for anyone who can help lead law enforcement to Kylie or her car. Reporting live in Truckee, Michelle Bandur, KCRA 3 News. Hibakai, thank you for the $4.99 super chat. Appreciate the work you two do. Most likely scenario is an accident, in my opinion. Yeah, we're, we're leaning toward that. But, you know, law enforcement doesn't have, you know, they, they don't have the uh, the luxury of, you know, resting on the laws and saying, this is what we think. You got to keep forging forward and keep pushing forward. And if one direction isn't working, you got to keep moving in all different directions. They got lots of resources there. The FBI's that is, I think, like five or six different police departments. You heard there was. I know 230, 240 people searching today. That's fantastic. And the sad thing is, and you always hear the press are the ones that always say this, how long are you prepared to do this, law enforcement? And of course, they asked that right in front of um, Kylie's parents. How long are you prepared to keep this level of search up? No police department anywhere in this world can keep the resources up for as long as they would like to, because they have other things going on and they just, they run out of money. Absolutely, Billy. But you made the point about having an opinion. Uh, you know, if you have an opinion on uh, a specific uh, investigation, you have to have the facts to back up your opinion. If the investigation starts to take you in a different direction, you need to back up and you need to go in that direction. We've talked about this before. When we're in the squad room, you know, we get gather all the information. We wind up back in the squad room. We start spitballing, as I call it. And we come up with some ideas and we decide, all right, you know what? That seems like the best thing. Let's go in that direction with our investigators to knock on doors, do interviews. However, we're not going to stop doing the search as well. You know, we're going to we're going to stay on both tracks, but, uh, you know, when you come up with an opinion or an idea, like I said, if the evidence is really not going in that direction, you're not going to run with that. You know, you want to stay in the direction of, uh, where the evidence takes you, where the case takes you. You know, Phil, you, you refer to it as uh, spitballing and I used to refer to it as, um, hypothesizing and theorizing. In yeah. fact, one of my detectives was the, um, he was the king of hypothesizing and theorizing and I wanted to strangle him a few times because he would, we would have a direction that we were going in and he would come up with a hypothesis totally 180 degrees different than what we were looking at. And I would be like, Joe, why do you think I would, I, I can't even, I'm getting emotional now just talking about it. Why do you Don't think let your to go up now. <laughs> and, he, and, and I would really get pissed off at him and, you know, cause he could throw the whole, investigation into a tizzy into a direction that it shouldn't have been going was he ever right yeah once out of 200 times he was right with his hypothesis but we were right more than that and joe just stay with this stay with where we're going with this please stay with it i'm pretty confident we're going in the right direction 
Yeah, I mean, listen, sometimes uh, it's good to sit and, and you know, regroup and go over everything that you already know about the case because then you'll feel more confident about the direction you're going to take. If everyone is on the same page, so to speak, and you might have that, you know, outlier that says, you know what, let's go in this direction. And if there's a possibility, yeah, maybe somebody should be looking into that because you never know. Uh, I've gone out on cases. We were hunting for a guy on a homicide. And as we were going out the door, we were certain that this guy was the guy. The phone rang, gave us information from another state, a guy that was in jail. And it turned out that that person was the one that was uh, guilty of the homicide, later confessed. So there are times when you have to switch gears and you can't get what you talked about earlier, but you can't get the blinders in any investigation. You can't say, no, 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 I'm not going to look at that because this is where I'm going. You have to accept everything as it comes in. If you get a lead, might sound crazy, but if it starts to develop and look a little better and better, you got to go down that road. You know, Phil, I've run major investigations like this. And one of the things that I always like to do, because there's no such thing as going home when a case like this happens. You work around the clock, you get almost no sleep, you eat crappy food like pizza and Chinese food and cheeseburgers and French fries and all the stuff I like to eat all the time anyway. Loading up. I call, that, I call that cop food, you know? Yeah. And that's how you eat and you don't sleep. And that's it's not the healthiest thing. But I would always like it to change of tours when the next tour would come in, say the 4 to 12 is coming in, to do an easel presentation on all the things that we found out on the day tour and the direction we're going in. So all the new investigators that are coming in are brought up to speed on where the case is going where we've been, new information we had, what we need to do on the 4 to 1 or 4 to 12. And um, I wanted them to also speak with the investigators that were going off duty, if in fact anyone was going off duty, because cases like this, not many people go home. Yeah, a lot of times the, uh, the the tours would overlap. And you're making some really good points about, you're making me, uh, my memory is clicking in here. We'd work on an investigation. Uh, we worked on a, a task force of a cop uh, uh, murder of a police officer, active police officer. And when we were doing it, we would develop something and then uh, we would, you know, have to break for the night and it would be left for the morning, whoever came in in the morning. So when we would come back in later in the day for the, you know, for the four to 12, we would touch base and say, all right, you guys, you had that information. Yeah, we checked it out. We went as far as this and they'd hand it back off to us if need, need be. If it turned out to be a dead end, they'd say, listen, we checked that out. That was no good. So, and again, we did have, uh, we had a couple of uh, cork boards, uh, dry erase boards, and we had flow charts and stuff like that. And we had logs to check off different things. As tip, tips come in, you put them in the log and then you put a, 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 the result of the tip. In other words, it's assigned to two detectives and then they say, no good dead end and and it's been already handled and sometimes that same tip will come again come you know, again Phil, you, and you could look Phil, at you know something i learned uh from this doing this show tonight don't ever mention food i've thrown the whole chat into a tizzy talking about <laughs> cheeseburgers and french fries and chinese fr and when i say chinese food and pizza is bad food i i don't mean it's bad food i mean it's bad food if you eat it all the time which you right. wind up doing when you're a cop because it's the quick, fast, cheap food that you can afford to eat at work. You're not going to sit down at work and have a $50 meal because you'd go broke. And on a New York City cop's salary, trust me, you're not sitting down for a $50 or $60 meal. So a slice of pizza, some pork fried rice or you know, uh, beef with broccoli, you could afford that. But it's, yeah, everyone's exactly. getting upset that I put down the food. 
Lieutenant <laughs> Peter Pranzo. Let's hope. I'm sure they are still looking into foul play, drug dealers, and sex offenders at the party, older out of towners. Lieutenant Pete, we definitely said that they never give up the, that direction either. But we also said that it's looking more and more like this could be an accident based on the cell phone pinging near the water. And there's still a hell of a lot of searching to do, as well as investigation into what you just spoke about, Lieutenant Pete. I got to touch base on something that you brought up, Bill, about the food. Because when I worked in Coney Island, there really wasn't a lot of good places to eat, number one. But we had Nathan's of Coney Island in the six all precinct in Coney Island. And they would give out uh, these coupons. They would actually give them out to the public, to everyone. And we would stack up on them. So if we were running and something was really busy and we just wanted to grab a hot dog, we'd grip get a couple of those coupons. They were like two for the price of one or something. Run over to Naples, get a couple of hot dogs. You could eat it in the car and just go do what you got to do. And unfortunately, you know, you're making a point that even though it's delicious food, it's not very good for you. And if you eat it on a continual basis, it's uh, going to lead to some health problems. But I And especially the speed, the, especially the speed in which we eat it. It's yeah. not like you got a lot of time to dine. Oh yes, take an hour, gentlemen. No, you got yeah. like 10 minutes to shove this hot dog in. This uh, diet coke down your throat. When you're working a murder case or a missing person case like this of this young lady, and time is of the essence, you're not even really thinking about sitting down and eating. On a day when we find a girl or whatever, we solve the case, and it's not such a busy case, uh, not su such a busy day, those are the days you might go sit down and have something to eat like a, a gentleman, so to speak. Exactly. As we continue searching, I'm not getting any sound here. It's it's just low, Bill. It's coming over, but it's a little bit low. Oh, it is okay. Maybe I just over there we go. nine thousand men there you go. for the search. Are you hearing it at all? Yeah. We've ramped up our search for the weekend. Today we have over two hundred search and rescuers, uh, including searchers by air and searchers in the water. Our detectives and I'm not getting enough out of what basically what they're talking about is just the overall investigation, how many people have volunteered, the searching they're doing, the researching of areas, the uh, searching of the water, how many police departments are involved, the FBI is involved, the PR. You know, uh, we had mentioned that it's so important in cases like this to keep the press involved uh, because they're the ones that are going to uh, let the public know. What's going on? Are we still looking for that girl? What do we have? Did, did they find the car? All of those things are very, very important. And that's why it's, we've seen cases, and Phil and I will tell you that case in Texas where that Gonzalo Lopez killed, escaped uh, from prison and killed the family of five. I'm still, I'm still heartbroken over that. And it, that, was, it was, that was bad police work, real bad police work from every juncture. From the corrections to the police, it was horrendous police work. Those five, those five members of that family should still be alive today. The public relations guy in that police, that corrections should be fired. He was horrendous, and I mean, I'm, I'm really like upset about it because it, what happened should have never happened. You're laying out some great points in that case where the escape that took place. It seemed like they were very lax on the security and have a follow car. Uh, there were only. Two officers present. He got these tools. He sawed through gates and stuff. And then once he got away, they really should have been, they kind of had an area where they believed him to be. It should have been a full court press in the media. 
And uh, just unfortunate. Bill, I did hear that uh, press officers say in that last report where the volume wasn't good. I think it was Angela Musalem. She did say over 200 searches searching the water, uh, the land, and from the air. So it sounds like a full court press obviously still going on day eight of the missing uh, of Kylie Rodney. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we can't shut any doors just yet. It would be nice to have uh, access to the case folder to know exactly what direction they're going in. But uh, as uh, Lieutenant Pete Pranzo stated, we're not uh, shutting down any of the possibilities in this case. I'm sure they're doing all the things that he stated in his last comment in the chat. So uh, we just got to uh, it's a matter of, uh, of time going through the stages of, uh, you know, narrowing down. It sounds like they're going to recover this vehicle. I believe in my heart of hearts, I think the, the vehicle is going to wind up being in that body of water along with the cell phone specifically because it was pinging in that location at around the time when we think she went missing. So I think that's a pretty good indication of where that vehicle may be. Now she may or may not be in that vehicle. Uh, sounds like the phone was in that area. She's with the vehicle. So uh, I think that that's a very, very good lead right there. Uh, for sakes alive. I think they do have pictures of her at that party. I believe there were, I was trying to see if I could find the picture I had. There was a big picture of a crowd of kids. And I think that she was identified from that picture. So they yeah. believe, and I, I think she told her mother on the phone that she was at that party. So it is also uh, evidence, physical evidence, a picture, and also evidence that she had said. To yeah. Her the mother can corroborate. She must've heard the party in the background. She called her from there. No reason that she would be lying and stuff. So I think right. it's uh, corrob corroboratable that she was definitely there. It's unfortunately going nowhere. Nearly a week after a 16-year-old went missing, Kylie Rodney was at a campground for a party when she disappeared. Thanks for joining us for Fox 40 News at 530. I'm Eric Harriman. And I'm Nikki Lorenzo. Law enforcement from across the state and country, along with Kylie's family and friends, have been searching for her around the clock. Fox 40's Monica Dionda joining us now live from the Truckee Recreation Center, where they are waiting for any news about their loved one. Monica. Nikki, Eric, this has been home base for Kylie's close friends and family. And just take a look here behind me. They're still out here. They've been here all week organizing search parties and handing out flyers and doing everything they can to help law enforcement bring Kylie home. But even after six days of searching, authorities told us today most leads have not panned out. A week ago tonight, the Prosser family campgrounds played host to a party with hundreds of teens. But now the area is filled with search and rescue vehicles, posters of missing 16-year-old Kylie Rodney up almost everywhere you look. Every possibility, every option is being explored currently. Efforts to find Kylie, who was last seen near the Prosser family campground last Friday, have not slowed down. So far, law enforcement have received more than 900 tips, but still there's no sign of where the 16-year-old or her vehicle could be. Law enforcement is now facing another challenge. We have received several, several reports of adults trying to discourage people and possibly teens from coming forward with information that could help us locate Kylie. Authorities have set up this online portal where teens or anyone who was at that party can upload photos and videos of last Friday night anonymously. You don't have to enter your phone number and you don't have to enter your email address or your name. This is a strictly confidential. Our interest is in not arresting any individuals, prosecuting any individuals, 
holding them accountable for any underage drinking or illicit drug activity that did occur, that we know occurred at the Prosser family campground Friday evening. Tips have not slowed down and are pouring in from just about everywhere. In downtown Truckee, Kylie's face fills windows and walls. Unsettling, but we just hope that even like wherever she is, she's okay and we'll make it out of it, whatever it may be. The Truckee community and those traveling here all hoping Kylie is back home safe soon. Stay strong. Lean on the people you love. And again, authorities are just pleading with anyone who was at that party last Friday to submit any photos or videos through that new online portal. And we have a link to that site up on our website, fox40.com. Reporting live from Truckee, Monica Danda, Fox 40 News. Lead. You know, it seems like a very, very close-knit community. And you can judge that by the hundreds of people that came to help, that came to search, that came to volunteer, that came to uh, commiserate with the family, people that came to play instruments at the concert to keep people's mind off uh, what's going on and to keep the word out there. Yes, we're still in, we're still looking uh, we're still looking for Kylie, and all of that stuff is really important. Um, JP. Jay the Stelladoro, uh, you got you got my attention. JPL the Stelladoro, I love that name. Let's just all pray that she is still alive, still. Perhaps she was trafficked and will end up on the dark web. It sounds uh, crass, but look at the girl at the Dallas Mavericks game, fifteen kidnapped from the stadium. You know, uh, uh, JPL, anything is possible, and Phil and I will be the first ones to say that. You know, just when you lose hope. And you're about to, you know, be like, what happened? Sometimes you get a lead, and sometimes a bright light shines through, and the sun comes out, and you're like, wow, we're gonna find this girl, you know? Absolutely. But right now, we're at a, a situation where there's no like so, solid, solid leads one way or the other. So this investigation just has to keep going forward. You have to keep the manpower. You have to keep. Uh, all the people out there, as long as you can. I know folks in the press keeps asking, oh, how long can you keep up this level of uh, this level of search, this level of intensity? And I don't know how long, Not probably not much longer. You know what, Billy? Um, I want to make a point about uh, something that that press officer, Angela Musalem, uh, was talking about with regard to hitting the brick wall. When, you know, you have parents or elderly, uh, older people than the teenage kids that would air or the 20-somethings that would air, telling them don't come forward because of narcotics use. I've been doing uh, investigation. I can remember doing homicide investigation. And you come into an area where you're trying to talk to a witness and there could be a drug dealer or there's drugs involved. And they're reluctant. And I would say, listen, look at my business card. What does it say on it? say narcotics or to say homicide or the detective squad. You know, it's not, it's not about that. This is about solving the case or finding the missing person, whatever it is. And you have to really put that other stuff aside, especially in a case like this. And look, maybe uh, down the road, there's going to be something criminal involved here. And if narcotics uh, plays a part in it and you have to arrest somebody for narcotics to get the information and you have to do that. But in general, if you're just a witness and you're at the party, but there was some mm -hmm. narcotics, you come forward, give the information. They're not going to be looking to put cuffs on you on something that happened to party a week and a half ago. Fremont Pathfinder, thank you so much for the $5 super sticker. You know, folks, there's a cliche that came out of New York City and it came out of 9-11. And it applies to almost every single police situation yep. there is and that's if you see something say something all right 
And we know firsthand, in fact, here the 21-year anniversary of 9-11 is coming up very shortly. Phil and I were both first responders. And so many hints came up way before the planes crashed into the Trade Center that bad stuff was going to happen, you know, and no one reported it. You know, like, does anyone go to a flight school in Florida and tell the, the, the administration, I don't want to learn how to land. I just want to learn how to take off and fly in the air. Shouldn't that have maybe raised a little bit of a suspicion, you know? I would think uh, many so, other man. things, you know, may, there's many other things too numerous. I don't want to make this about 9-11, but that's where that expression came from. If you see something, say something. And it applies to this case. If you see something or hear something, tell somebody. Tell someone in law enforcement. Don't just say, oh, it's probably not important. No, it doesn't matter if it's not important. Tell somebody. They'll decide whether it's important or not. That could be the thing that solves the case or finds this girl, Kylie, that you thought about telling someone about something that you heard or maybe someone saw someone that looked like her at some location. You report that the police can do it. They have the personnel. They have the time. They can respond to it and look into it. Again, it's a cliche. If you see something, say something. Billy, that was born out of 9-11, and for obvious reasons, uh, I could remember that uh, in the federal system with wiretaps, they were talking about the big event, the wedding, different things like that. So there was obviously a lot of uh, red flags that were raised on that note. But again, if we keep it alive in the media and we talk about it, see something, say something, maybe somebody will remember in their mind, you know, I did see a car veer off the road. I thought maybe it was making a turn, but perhaps it went into an area that's uh, secluded. Uh, Something like that could be a great tip. Or somebody that was at the party that may have seen her leaving. Anything. If you think it's relevant to this investigation, uh, don't judge it on what you think or what you believe. Call it in. Let the professionals, let law enforcement deem it either credible or non-credible. And they'll investigate it and look into it. And perhaps that little phone call can make the big difference in this case. Dawn Marie, uh, I wanted to say this too, because this goes with... uh... Texas Equus, and this is their saying, and that's lost is not alone. And uh, so, so important. And that's their saying, and that's their slogan, you know, and uh, that's, that's so important. And, you know, we have these cliches that we say, and sometimes uh, it's something you should keep in mind your entire life, you know, it'll keep you, it'll keep you safe, you know. Um, uh, Amber Gloria, I am disappointed with the moral compass of so many young people. Things uh, were seen. You know something? There's every generation has their problems. You know, uh, I I remember when I was I started drinking as a kid when I was like 15 years old. You know, we'd go into the sump and buy a six pack and wreak havoc with in our town after we drank six six beers. You know, but uh, that doesn't make you a bad kid. You know. It doesn't. And, and, and look, I, I understand, you know, uh, everybody wants to keep their ass out of hot, hot water, so to speak. And I'm sure as a parent myself, if, uh, you know, something as serious as this, I would make my kid have to look, you know, whatever you were doing, this is important. You got a 16 year old girl that's missing here. We got to come forward. I'll, I'll try and hold your hand the best I could, but you know, you got to come forward with the information so I can understand the reluctance, but let's look at the big picture here. Let's look at the goal in mind. The goal in mind is that this poor family doesn't have their daughter for eight days already. She's missing. 
We want to try and find her. Uh, you know, let's just uh, get with the facts, bring it forward, and let law enforcement do their job. Olivia, I'm going to read your what I should have could have, I call these. Maybe she got in a car with someone and they drove over the border or somewhere else. Except, Olivia, where yeah. is her car? That's where is her 2013 Honda CRV, which was on the scene there. Uh, but, you know, I'm not putting you down. Everyone could have a theory. Yeah, someone else could have taken her car. Of course. Yeah, of course. Someone else could have taken her car and she could have gotten someone else's car. You're right. You, you know what, though? If, it, if her car went near a border crossing, the plate readers would have picked up on it. If her if it was her car that your suggestion, maybe you suggested another car, which is possible. But then her car would probably have been left at the scene. So, again, anything's possible. We're not going to knock you, but it uh, doesn't seem too likely. William M., my gut tells me that there are a lot of those kids that were there at the party, saw what went down with Kylie, or saw, saw who may have been taking her in her car, and they're just not saying anything. You know, William M., you could be 100% correct. You, that could happen. You're right. Uh, you know, the other expression, there's expressions on the other side, too. Snitches get stitches. We've all heard that one, too, right? And uh, no one wants to talk. Snitches get stitches. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, you know, or how many times, uh, you know, I don't deal with the police. I'll take care of it myself. That was the mantra in New York City, you know? Yeah. Wait, this guy shot, shot and killed your brother. It's all right. I don't deal with the police. I'll take care of it. Oh, so you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life to get revenge for your brother. Is that, that what you're telling me? Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm going to take care of it myself. I was like, makes no sense, you know? Yeah, I could I could understand that one. And uh, a lot of times in the hood, you would hear that snitches get stitches. But, you know, when we would come upon that uh, that kind of an attitude from a victim's relative, a brother or a friend or whatever, they'd say, don't worry, we're going to. And we would really coax them and try to tell them, listen, let us do it. Let us do it. You're going to you're going to put yourself in a trick bag for a homicide. You're going to go away for 25 years. And, and for what? Let us get the guy. We'll put him away for 25 years, you know. And they would, most of the time, that's all right. And they'd work with us and help us. And, you know, they'd throw things out like, well, you know, if you guys don't get him, then I'm going to get him. You know, so let us get him. Let us do the dirty work, you know. So, hey, but, Phil, uh, look who we got in the chat. We got hey, our, Josh. Uh, we, we have our engineer, Josh. I went to Prosser during college for hot air ballooning. It was crazy party during the night. So, Josh was, uh, when he went to college, I don't know how many years ago that was, Josh. I know you're at least in your 30s, so it must have been a little while ago, right? Good man, Josh. I'm glad he's That's in the right. chat. KC, maybe they sunk a car. Well, if you drove a car into the lake, uh, there's a good chance that the car sunk. And that's why the search becomes so uh, difficult. May, ex-boyfriend needs to be questioned more. Uh, in my opinion, one of the last to text with her, they stayed in touch. Yeah, I, I think the, the well, I think the police are, are probably doing a competent job of interviewing everyone that needs to be interviewed. J.P. Stelladoro again, I went to the enormous parties on the American River and nobody came up missing or drove into the river. Keggers, a dollar, a cup, rafts everywhere on the river. What were our parents thinking, letting us go? Isn't that amazing? how we got through life, how we survived our childhood. Unbelievable. Um, Sherilyn Schaffner, kids are not at fault for accidents. We were partying on a mountaintop in Arizona when a friend was joining the Marines and shipping out the next day. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, look, some what's the old expression, God protects fools and drunks or something like that? Isn't that an expression? 
And yeah, uh, he definitely put a text. I think we've all lived by that at one time or another, you know. Uh, by the way, Sherilyn Schaffner wants to announce that she's 57 years old. Sherilyn, I'm not going to announce how old I am, but I'm older than you. <laughs> you know, uh, Bill, there's a, there's a comment in the chat, Ari Rose. She says, I think she's in the water. The water depth is 5,000 feet. I think you're talking about uh, Lake Tahoe. They don't think she's in Lake Tahoe. They think she's in this other lake, or that's where the phone was pinging. However, they did state that it was 57 feet, which is still pretty deep. So, uh, again, if it's 5,000 feet, uh, I don't think any diving equipment, they'd have, probably have to use a submarine to go down that far. But uh, You know, Phil, uh, Joe Murray just paid me the other day. So, I'll so let's, sure let's get I, his I commercial. Sure we do his commercial, or else he'll, he'll cancel his commercial. Joe Murray, attorney at law, have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of defense. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you can email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. You can advertise on Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories by sending us an email at policeoffthecuff, the number one, at gmail.com. That's policeoffthecuff, number one, at gmail.com. Uh, we have a national as well as an international audience. The rates are very reasonable. Just send us an email, and we can give you some rates. It might be the right thing for your business. You know, folks, uh, if you're not subscribed to Police Off the Cuff, please go on our YouTube Hit that subscribe button. It's free to subscribe to us. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Ring that bell. Uh, during the day, I even say, ring my bell, ring my bell. But I won't. I, I thought I'd spare you that tonight, but I didn't. Uh, also, if you I want to make a point about the subscribe real quick. I don't mean to interrupt you, but a lot of people think, and I think, this is what holds some people from subscribing. You can hit subscribe and it won't give you notification unless you turn on the notification. So if you're a little bit, you know, don't want any notifications on your phone, you're getting them from other sources of social media, you could still subscribe. You don't turn on the notifications part. However, we wish you would. So that way you do get the notification when we're going to be on the air, but try and subscribe guys. It means a lot to us and it'll help us to keep the channel going. So yeah, Olivia liked it. She, that, that, that song ring my bell brought her back to her childhood days. <laughs> that reminds me of my uh, single days. Yes, very, very funny. Uh, also guys, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon, we have, uh, we have three different levels on our Patreon. And if you want to join our YouTube family and be a member of the police off the cuff family on YouTube, we have five different levels. Folks, we're going to stay with this case, and we're hoping for a positive conclusion to this. We're hoping to a happy conclusion. Right now, it's it's not looking so, you know, so positive, but I know the police there are not going to give up. They're going to keep working, and what we said ad nauseum, uh, if you see something, say something, and that is uh, so important and so true. Absolutely. Bill, I just want to make another quick quote about uh, Josh put in the, uh, in the chat. 33% of our listeners are not subscribed. So please, guys, if you can, hit that subscribe button. Like I said, if you don't want notifications, you can turn that off. Uh, Bill, last words on this case. We're going to stay on top of it. 
Uh, it's very, very sad that this girl's missing eight days. It seems like they're zeroing in on the search area based on the ping of the cell phone. So maybe something will come about in the next day or two. Let's hope and pray that the car might be there and she's not in it. That's what I'm hoping for at this point, that she's hope, hopefully uh, still alive, safe and sound. And we're going to keep her in our prayers. And tonight, before I go to bed, I will definitely say a prayer for her and her family. Absolutely. Folks, again, thank you so much. A lot of people from California, from all over the country, uh, paying attention to this case. If you like things from a police perspective, Phil and I are both former NYPD, myself, 27-year veteran, and Phil, a 22-year veteran, both from the Detective Bureau. I was from Homicide. Phil was from numerous detective squads and the Intelligence Division. So we have a hell of a lot of police experience. That's 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 what I guess I'm trying to say. <laughs> anyway, point, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. God bless and we'll see you soon. Stay safe, everybody. One episode, just